0: What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. Super pumped, as always, bringing you incredible guests from all over. My next guest is a personal trainer, corrective movement specialist, body worker, a teacher, instructor, performance life coach, and now an author. Please welcome Matt Labosco. Matt, that's a long list of things that we do.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it's been quite a journey, right? We, we When we're working on ourselves first, the list is long.
0: <laughs> That's right. Uh, I think that in order to live our legend in life, we have to go, ev- go after everything that sets our soul on fire where we know we can make an impact. Amen. <laughs> Mic drop. <Woo! laughs> Well, I mean, thank you for being here today. I forgot to say that. I'm looking forward to this conversation because I think our lifestyle and belief system is pretty much in in alignment, you know, because I'm a personal trainer. I'm a life life certified life coach. I used to do bodybuilding, but I'm very much into wellness, health and wellness, you know.
1: Uh, This will be a fun conversation then.
0: For sure. So uh the last 20 years of your life, this is what you've invested your time in in all in this in this laundry list of um expertise that you have. But prior to that, you had undergone some some you know, some traumas to the body. And I guess that's pretty much what spurred where you are today.
1: Yeah, well, it was I was a 3 sport athlete. And um I I and one thing I think is important to note that I I grew up in the medical model. My my dad's a doctor, my mom's a nurse practitioner. So I, I really, you know, there's obvious perks to being directly, you know, plugged into sure. the world. Um, but there were also things I learned a lot about that world through my process of, of just being a kid and being an athlete. And so I played basketball, soccer, and baseball. And by the age of 22, I already had five orthopedic surgeries, and I had turned down two, and then a third one later. So, um, to say that the body was having an experience (laughs) would be an understatement, but what, what I, so, what, so how did, so why did, what did that trigger is really, you know, the question, right? Um, it really started in my orthopedic surgeon's office. Um, when I was, I just was working out with a buddy of mine up East side, New York, um, we were going for PR on the military press. And this is when I was definitely, you know, as I like to call myself, because I'm from Jersey, so I'm allowed to say this as a little Jersey meathead. And <laughs> you know, I, we were doing military press and we were going for PR and, you know, I was pressing a good amount of weight at that time. And, yeah. um, you know, it was one of those days where like, we're going for it. And it was, it was, it was kind of like this point in my journey where I was like, Oh my God, like, I couldn't – I had to stop playing baseball. I had to stop playing soccer. And then I had to stop playing basketball. Uh, And so I went deep dive into I I need to get my body strong. And so I went to every guru on the planet, strength coach. My wife and I have moved 17 times since we've been married, 16, 17. Holy cow. That's crazy. I I was on a mission to get answers, right? so I'm like, but I finally – arrived, like I've gotten the strength, I've gotten the power, and I'm going to prove it on this lift. This is going to be amazing, kind of this moment for me. And so I racked this baby off, I press it overhead. My buddy helps me, encouraging Worlds, rack it. I'm like, wow, I just did that. Took three steps away from the bench, Deanna, and my whole right arm went, <gasps> and I couldn't move. No. Couldn't oh, move move. It. it was God. almost as if it was dangling there. And I had to take my other hand. You can actually still see some of the – see my yeah. right hand? those of you that yeah so there's so like it the the pain was beyond what i could even yeah it was awful so fast forward i had my orthopedic uh, surgeon's number on speed dial at this point so i call him up i'm like um surgery tonight tomorrow like i've exploded my elbows exploded like i don't know what i did to it but some major damage and so he gets me in um i go to the go in, get the evaluation, get the X-rays, get all the tests done. and this was the this was the thing he said to me that changed my life forever because it set me on this path. And he said came into the it came into the room and he said, "Your x-rays look good. I don't see anything wrong with it. Get out. Excuse me? Like, wait, is there somebody else in the room because what the hell?' be talking to me, right? Yeah. And so what hit me in that moment for whatever reason? was, oh my God, like they don't have all the answers. Yeah. yeah. And, as, and as I say that out loud now, you know, it's 20 years later. It's like, yeah, I think a lot of us have come to this conclusion <laughs> by Yeah, <now. laughs>
0: yeah you're, a, you're a guinea pig when you go into the hospital. For yeah, time. exactly.
1: <laughs> and so I, I just started this path of questioning everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything that the health model is based on. Yeah. So I just started asking all the why questions. So what I would say are some of the just accepted foundational beliefs of what keeps us healthy. Things like strengthen your core to keep your back strong. Um, hey, you need to be flexible and you need to be strong. Or, hey, you know, eat salads because they're healthy. Um, oh, you know what? You really need to avoid and mitigate stress. Like those are all things that keep you healthy. And I like, well, and so I just started asking, well, why? Why are we doing this? Yeah. What are we trying to accomplish? And what I found was that most of the health paradigm, yeah. well, first of all, let's define what health is and what the objective is, I think this is important. And I've heard you say this on some of your, your shows. So when you said we're right there, I'm like, yeah, we are. Mm-hmm. Um, health, the state of being free from illness or injury.
0: Yeah,
1: That's what we're trying for. That's what we're shooting for in our culture and our society. And it's like, please tell me there's something more well, people with a good
0: mind are shooting for that most people are taking a 10 different types of medications because they will you know that's all they will prescribe you they won't tell you to live a, a healthy life or
1: how how did you live that healthy lifestyle but 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 what's interesting about health though is health is the state of being free from illness or injury like i don't want to live a healthy life that's the last thing i want i want more than not being sick that's yeah. my point <laughs> yeah that's the if that's the mecca that's the the utopian reality of not being sick yeah please tell me if there's another option here and so i started to play with this word or this idea for quite some time of vitality it's like well forget health yeah i want vitality and so vitality exuberant physical strength or mental vigor the capacity of the continuation of a meaningful and purposeful existence the power to live and grow sign me up for that screw health and so so what I did was I said, I'm going to just forget everything I think I know about health and Absolutely. I'm going to start over. I love that. And that's kind of what triggered this journey. And I took an extraordinarily deep dive into physical, like all of the things we were taught, you know, when we took our certifications and we got personal training, all the things, all the strength coaching, all the things I did, I I, I basically said, I'm going to forget about all these things they told me. And I'm really going to start to start from square one and really ask, what am I trying to accomplish here? And yeah. why have I been told the things I've been told? What is it based on? What are the principles of this? Yeah. And so yeah. I did that in the physical realm. I did it with the systemic realm. So obviously nutrition, and then this last 10 years, I did a super deep dive into personal development, uh, was, was a part of a, of a personal development organization for the last eight years, and really did the same kind of hands-on research. And what I found was that every all these principles that, that we're basing this healthy model on, number one, will never create vitality, ever. Right. And number two, will create dependency on the system. That's right. what it was, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 round and round we go, and so, you know, when it comes to the the physical body, um, one of the principles it's because really my journey started. One of the principles that I realized that all of fitness and rehabilitation models were built off of was this idea: we were all taught cadaveric anatomy, okay. meaning, you know bicep originates here inserts down there flexes the elbow hamstring flexes the knee and then we go and create programs based on the hamstring flexes the knee and the bicep flexes the elbow the problem is that's on a cadaver yeah when you're actually moving around in the world that's not what the bicep and the hamstring are doing not even close right and so so it's like so then the question is well what is it doing and that was not an easy answer to find because there's a lot of people that didn't have the answer. Yeah. Um, It's like, all right, I'm I'm, I'm rehabilitating a baseball player that pulled his hamstring playing baseball. Am I going to stretch his hamstring, strengthen his quads uh, and then put him on leg curls and do bridges and clams. And it's like, Why am I doing this? This makes no sense. None of these things look anywhere close to what this gentleman needs his hamstring to actually do. And there wasn't a lot of people that could tell me, well, what is the hamstring doing when he's running to first base? Oh, by the way, he's a catcher too. So what is the hamstring doing when he catches? And oh, by the way, when he when he you know plays a second base sometimes, what's his hamstring doing when he plays second base? Well, all of those things are different answers. Yeah, And so when someone, what I learned was, and I, I didn't figure this all out myself, I've studied with incredible mentors, which is why I traveled all over the country. I, I call myself a mentor junkie, but I found people that had answers, right? And I would go anywhere to, find, to, to meet with these people and learn from them. But the, but the question is when someone has a, what I learned was someone pulled their hamstring. The first question you got to ask is what position of motion were you in when you, when you pulled the hamstring? Yeah. Were you popping out of your po- popping up as your catcher to throw it to first sure. base and then you felt your hamstring or were you sprinting to first base and then pulled your hamstring? Yeah. Because yeah. depending on the answer to that question dictates how you would address it. Sure. Does that right. makes sense. Oh. And so anyway, this was all just like <laughs> mind blowing yeah. to me as I was learning this. Um, and obviously I was doing it for me first because I was yeah. falling apart, um, you know, told never throw a baseball again and, you know, all the things. Um, so anyway,
0: that's where okay. my journey started. That, that's I, an amazing journey. So where are you in your movement with your body today?
1: Um, and I know this can sound cliche because you'll hear it, but I can honestly tell you. And, and if you if, you're, if I showed you pictures of me when I was 22, 23, 24, you'd be like, dude, you know. Yeah, you were shredded. You look great. But from from a from a from a vitality standpoint, I am able to do more at 44 than I was able to do at 22. So, like even yeah.
0: yeah. So my late husband, huge bodybuilder, huge bodybuilder, you know, on the outside, people are like, oh, my God, you look great. You look great. But on the inside. You know, he passed away because he couldn't stop taking the steroids and he needed his third kidney transplant. And along that journey, I was with him for almost half my life at, the, at that point when he passed, was, you know, together 17 years. He probably was the most unhealthy person that I had ever known, that i known, you know, and only because he wanted this outside physical appearance, but he had torn, torn, like, uh, you know, different muscles. And I don't even remember at this point, you know, but- does, you know, but so like you, I'm in a better shape now than I've ever been in my life. And I'm 46, you know, but, I still lift very heavy, but I reach, a, a, but by, by when I started lifting heavy, it's after I've warmed up completely. I've made sure I've stretched out my body and that, you know, cause I don't want to get an injury, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know, my, my fiance now, like he, he go, starts going at it. I'm like, can you please not do that? You're not a, like a you know young chicken anymore. You got to like um you got to warm up stretch out because what are you going to do if you if you tear something you know like you really have to be mindful of that
1: yeah yeah the reason you have to be mindful is because the exercises we're told to be healthy are not good for us so yeah. to your point if you don't warm up if you don't stretch if you don't go slow the very things we're doing to be healthy yeah actually are not great so we have to like take all this precaution To execute on things we shouldn't really be doing to begin with, unless, Deanna, we are looking to compete in bodybuilding. Yeah. You follow me? Because there's only one way to to look that way, and it's to do those things. But I would say that the majority of the population, they're not trying to win a bodybuilding show. No.
0: Right? So for me, though, as women, women should lift weights because it prevents osteoporosis.
1: I'm not saying there shouldn't be resistance training at all. What I'm saying is this health fitness model of chopping body parts up into, into, here's my analogy. It's like an orchestra, okay? If I was a conductor of an orchestra and I took every musician with their instrument and I isolated them in a room and I said, all right, Tuba, we're going to get you playing as loud as possible, Yeah. okay? Now- percussion let's get you going super loud let's get you yeah. really getting this cranking away then i take my you know my strings and i'm like all right guys i want you to play really loud get, get it going all right come on yeah and then we're going to put all you guys in the same room and then we're going to ask you to make music yeah good okay. luck sure that's a lot of noise right and so sure. so that to me is the current model. And now don't get me wrong, there are some incredible practitioners out there that are learning how to, I would say, either integrate actual movement, real movement, I, I think of there's a movement paradigm, and an ex- exercise paradigm, and there's incredible people out there doing really great things, at the very least, they're making sure that when we do get the tuba to scream, that yeah. we're Taking some consideration to, well, now you got to play with the strings here. So don't go crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so know, what, but...
0: what kind of exercise routine do you implement now?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's movement. Okay. And I know that word is, is another mer- word that gets thrown around out there. Um, but my, my, um, Base foundation, and this is all in the book. Really, is like it's all foundational movements base. So even if I was training a high level athlete, we would all start with foundational movement patterns. And when I say foundational movement patterns, I am talking about lunging, squatting, and all this okay. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not an exercise lunge, and not a movement, and not a a exercise squat. Right. So just mm-hmm. to just to define an exercise squat. You know, you put the bar on the back, your spine is straight, you go straight down, you keep your t- your toes and your knees, and there's all rules. There's lots of rules, right? right? Yeah. Movement squat is literally, you know, I can demonstrate it if you want it, but it's it's literally like bending over and, and spine flexes, head flexes. You look where you're going and you reach straight down and you can do that under heavy load. Now, the traditional paradigm says, don't flex your spine. Yeah. Terrible. Oh my God, keep it in. Hold your gut, squeeze your butt. Yeah. It, it literally creates this And I have rehabilitated more spines, Deanna. Well, can you- Literally fine. just teaching people how to do that, uh, that movement squat. Can
0: you, can you show us? Like, so on YouTube- you know, Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, okay. I didn't I wasn't, wasn't sure. So- You guys that are listening, maybe go over to YouTube if you want <laughs> to see what this looks like.
1: Yeah. So you got it. So exercise, squat, just, just you know, I know you can't see in my head, but I don't think it matters. That's okay. No. Yeah. This is exercise squat. Right, right. That's traditional. Yeah. yeah. And I would say the only place on planet Earth you'd see someone doing that would be in a gym. Right. Correct. Right. Because it's exercise land. A, yeah. a movement squat is here.
0: Oh, okay. Right? And so are you you're you're using weights doing that movement? Oh, yeah. I mean, my athletes
1: could, could have 30-pound dumbbells, sometimes more. In
0: actually. their hands and lifting up from the, the ground up
1: yeah so it would basically look like if I had dumbbells here, I would place them here, yeah, use my legs to right. come up and stand up,
0: okay, interesting, okay, that's a I've never seen that before that yeah. look like a low row
1: it, yeah again, if we try to take exercise language and describe movement, it gets a little tricky and so this has been the this has been the, I'll call it the challenge, but yeah, with challenge comes opportunity, it's like. When I teach this and I used to teach professionals and practitioners this, it's like, we have to like say, okay, you're going to use this word. What do you mean by it? What does strength mean? You know what I mean? Like, anyway, I don't want to go down such a huge route. We can literally, I know you and I could probably talk for hours about this. Yeah, we could, we could. (laughs) Absolutely. But I I tried to create a a platform so that we as professionals could have a conversation and actually knew what the other person was saying. You follow me? Because you're right. There is a rowing action to that that you could put into it, right? But But a squat in the way that I'm defining it is just defined as a vertical collapsing. Sure, sure lunging you bring in the horizontal
0: you're still still using quite a quite almost all your body parts in that type of lunge it's just a different type of rotation movement slight slash action that you're doing
1: i I would say the goal is to share the load equally through the system because it's the way the system was designed like like classic like what when someone would see us doing this in the gym what do we call this when they're curling
0: oh they're yeah they're doing the rock the
1: the wrong technique (laughs) right yeah. It's actually what the body would prefer to do because it's like, well, why would I just want him to do all the work? Why don't I use everybody to get this weight up off the ground? It's literally our instinct because it's how our system was designed to work. And across the board, not just with movement, our system has us fighting against ourselves. Hmm. And it's, and yeah. it's, it's mind-blowing, but I'm very clear why everybody's in the state of health they're in because our system has us at war with ourselves. Hmm. it's wild
0: so um with that being said who is your ideal client slash i don't know patient
1: or <laughs> you, have watch. you have to be careful of that word don't you <laughs> <laughs> um my ideal client Deanna. yes <laughs> um i mean i, I give you the, the the general like answer but it's like anybody who is who is who is no longer willing to tolerate what the traditional model is telling them is possible. So that would be my, yeah, but, but where, how do, where do people like at the beginning, it was people that had back pain, shoulder pain, were told sure. they need rehabilitation. rehabilitation. That was my, that was how put, put me on the map okay. by far. Okay. I had people traveling over from the country. They still do here to Florida. I'm I'm not doing as much of that now just because yeah. it's, wickedly high, high amount of manual labor to do some of the work that I do. So I teach a little bit more now. Um, but definitely people still seek me out for the injury stuff. Sure, um, sure. And then the other place I, I work with is, is in, because this whole mindset and psychology thing, which could be a whole nother conversation we could have. Well, maybe see- we
0: may to have a part two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That this whole theme, Deanna, that I'm speaking to that I found in the exercise and movement world, I found it in the nutrition systemic world. And I also found it in the mindset psychology world. And so the two places I primarily work with people now are the re injury, teaching people how to move and, and sustain like like healthy movement. Yeah. And then in, you know, I'll just call it like people with relationships trying to navigate their, you know, just life life things you know that's kind of the life coaching part of what I do yeah i still do some help do some work with people in the systemic space that have you know different systemic issues but my wife specializes that and more so oh okay she does the hormones and the women and and she's amazing um we studied that for a while together for about 5 or 10 years with wow you know and but she just kept going sure. i jumped into the personal development because i was on this mission to to kind of what I call the trilogy of vitality and a lot of practitioners What's all out
0: there. connected really it's
1: exactly awesome. so i was like i really want to understand all three of these components the physical the systemic and the mind and so i work more with the physical and the mind my wife she's she's got she's amazing she she does most of the systemic stuff and she specializes with women and hormones because through because that's what she struggled with inside of the traditional model sure it's amazing
0: where can people find you connect with you and learn learn more Matt?
1: Um, the easiest place would be my website, just matthewlabasco I'm starting to get more active on social media, but I'm you know it, it, you know I got, you got I got to, I got to embrace that piece. So yeah, I'm, I'm starting yeah. to do so. I do have Facebook, Matthew Labosco, Instagram, Matthew Labosco. Um, But my website is probably the best place. I have a blog. So, and then my book's coming out in December. So, well, which is the name of your book? It's Health to Vitality.
0: Oh, I love it! That's awesome. I'm gonna have to get myself a copy. Well, Matt, I yeah, I definitely think we might have to have a part two. This is a pleasure talking to you. I love what you're all about. I'm all about that vitality and you know making sure they're always evolving to be better. You know, I think that's really what it's all about. Um, this is the part of the show where I like to ask for last words of wisdom or advice. What are you gonna leave with us today?
1: Don't settle. Don't settle for anything less than you think is that you think is possible for yourself, whether it's your health, um, you know, what you want to know in your life, what you want to create in your life. Um, And then that's number one. And then number two is start going after what's most meaningful and most purposeful to you. Don't chase emotions. That would be my advice to people. Don't chase happiness or, you know, feeling peaceful, chase meaning and purpose. Uh, because when you when you when you're living a life of meaning and purpose, the byproduct of that is fulfillment, happiness, and joy, um, and then you can actually learn how to how to integrate these emotional communications to create more purpose and meaning in your life.
0: Woo, mic drop! That was awesome. <laughs> Totally agree. <laughs> Amen, brother. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. Well, Matt, it was a pleasure um, talking today, learning about what you do, your your journey, getting to where you are today. I think, um, you know, to have someone that is a little bit more involved evol- in their thinking behind health and wellness to bring vit- vitality is really key to our longevity here on this planet. You know, I talked to someone a long time, probably about a year ago, he was a guest. I don't know if I've released him yet or not, but he said that, you know, aging is, they consider that a disease, you know, in some parts of the world, they're they're trying to come up with cures and how to prevent aging. And I think it starts with that vitality piece, mm-hmm. No, you know, regardless of what you might find in a lab, you know, you do have to have that, um, that part to make that happen for sure. For sure. All right. all right, Matt, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for being a guest. We will have to keep in touch and have you come back after the the, the book has released.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Deanna. It's been been so fun. You're welcome.
0: You guys, this is your host, Deanna Rodalescu, Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. Please don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, comment, share all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.